This is Chapter 11 of The War on Waste Paradox by Len Bertain, read by Len Bertain. Glenn was in the classroom the next morning when I arrived. He had his nose in a programming book. He looked up and asked me if I had any experience with programming. I told him that I did, and he said, I've been looking at this, and although I really don't understand it very well, it seems to me that we could take one of those XS machines and move it into an Acme cell without too much trouble. I looked at the programming book, and I'll be damned if he wasn't right. We could run both machines off one computer with only minor reprogramming. I said, Glenn, this is funny, because my wife suggested the same thing last night. We'd have to check it out with the programmers, but from what this book says, I think you're right. We could move an X5 into our cell. Billy walked in with Gus and joined us. I showed him the book. Hey, Billy, I said, Glenn figures that we could move one of his machines to our cell. It would eliminate a lot of waste created by moving stuff around. What do you think? Billy replied, you know, I had the same thought last night. Tony and I stuck around for a while after you left. He's talking to Jim right now to see if we can get the project projected sales figures. If we're going to build enough of these things, it makes a lot of sense. Bernard overheard our conversation as he walked by. What are you guys trying to do? He asked. Move an excess machine in with the Acmes? Man, that would never work. Just the logistics of walking back and forth from programming to the cell would take up a good portion of the day. Billy replied, according to this programming book, it can be done and fairly easily. And by the way, Bernard, why are you programmers so far away from the machines? Every time we have to make an adjustment, we have to walk halfway to China. I think we ought to propose moving the programmers out onto the shop floor. It would sure save a lot of time. Bernard took a step back. It was like someone had hit him with an overhand right. That's crazy. We aren't machinists. We're programmers. Those computers wouldn't survive on the shop floor. Bernard was kind of snooty, and he didn't like the thought of being out on the shop floor with all the riffraff. I had a hunch that it wasn't the, the computers that Bernard was worried about. It was the programmer. It was a few minutes after 7 when Dr. Elby came in and called the class to attention. I'm a few minutes late, I'm sorry, and I really apologize. Waste is waste. Just because I was 6 minutes late, I caused 144 minutes of waste. If you add up all the minutes that people were waiting, it totals 144 minutes or 6 minutes times 24 people. You see the impact, don't you? Since this is the only class that I'm likely to be late for, I'm going to make you a deal. I'll spot you another 1,000 minutes so you'll have 1,144 minutes. I'm going to make you a bet that by the time these classes are over, the whole organization can't reduce aggregate setup time each week by more than 1,144 minutes. We will define the aggregate setup like this. We'll add up all the total setups for all the CNC machines each week. We'll average the last four weeks. If you can't cut 1,144 minutes off that weekly total, you win. If you don't, I win. The loser buys pizza and beer for everyone in the company. At that point, Andrew said, I don't think that's a very fair bet. You know that we can't do it. That's why you made the bet. Dr. Elby smiled and responded, Andrew, I'm ashamed of you. 
You just insulted everyone in the company. You called them lily-livered, yellow-bellied snake. You implied that they weren't up to the challenge. Does anyone agree with Andrew? Tony jumped right in with both feet. Andrew was just trying to protect us, weren't you? And he looked at Andrew and smiled and nodded. Tony went on, I like that bet. Hell, if we lose, we'll have to buy about 15 pizzas and some beer. That's only $10 per person. Now, if we win, it's going to cost our fine leader up there over $200. And I'm all for that bet, and I think we'll win. If you want my 10 cents, let's do it. Everyone agreed unanimously that we were up to the challenge and that we would easily win. We didn't know how we were going to win, but we felt confident that we could figure it out. Dr. Elby had taken off his coat and had a t-shirt with a picture of Einstein and a quote underneath it that said, Imagination is more important than knowledge. Dr. Elby began, Okay, we're going to chip away at the setup minutes that I bet you. Remember here, you're not rewarded for keeping secrets. The only way your jobs are going to get better if you share your ideas. So who wants to start? Bernard raised his hand and said, Hey, the Acme team is going to crazy. They think they can move an excess machine into the same cell and run it off the same computer. They even think that the programmers should move out onto the shop floor. Why is that such a crazy idea? Bernard testily replied, Because we're programmers. We work in an office. Dr. Elby looked at him and asked why. Bernard got real shrill. He sounded like Don Knott. Because we're programmers, Dr. Elby said. Why again? This is not an acceptable answer. Why not? I think that moving the computers to the shop floor merits some investigation. Does anyone else have any ideas on this? Tony volunteered. Last night, Billy and I measured the time it takes to go from an Acme 1000 cell to the programming office. We walked it at a normal pace. One way is about 1 minute and 40 seconds. We figure on an average setup we have to face-to-face -face communications at the computer or at the machine three times. That's almost 10 minutes wasted on every setup. And that doesn't include the waiting time for the inspector, setup man, operator, or or the machine. Mr. Grimes got up and walked to the front of the room. Okay, let's think about this for a minute. I'm intrigued by this idea. Let's say for the sake of argument that you and two other people have to wait while these other people walk back and forth to the programming. My God, that's a half an hour each time you set up, Tony. How many setups do you do a week? Tony replied, oh, probably between 35 and 40 for the whole shop. Mr. Grimes said, okay, Tony, help me out on this. To be conservative, we'll say 30 setups per week. That's 15 hours of wasted time each week. 30 minutes of waste on each setup. You take that number times our figure of $25 an hour, that's $375 a week or $18,000 per year. Walking can add up, add up pretty damn fast. Jim was taking notes. You could just see the look of disbelief on his face. Dr. Obi laughed. Isn't this amazing how these simple things add up to big bucks? It appears to me that we can all agree that, agree that moving the programmers out to the shop should be investigated. Oh, by the way, that's 900 minutes, 30 setups at 30 minutes apiece. That's got to knock you off your handicap. He had bet us that we would re 
could not reduce 1144 minutes off the setup. In this example alone, we would take 900 minutes out of the setup. By my calculations, we only had 244 minutes to go. It was starting to look very easy. Dr. Elby continued. Now, the other issue that was raised is this. Should one of the excess machines be moved into an Acme cell to produce this one product? Bonnie, do you have any sales projections that we could use to justify our decisions? That's the end of Chapter 11, Part 1. Look forward to reading to you in Chapter 11, Part 2. Thank you very much.